Let's go to the book of 1 John together, please. 1 John chapter 2. We've got a few more verses in this chapter. As we go through this book of the Bible together, 1 John chapter 2. Hope you brought your Bible with you to read along with us. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28. The Bible says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I want you to notice the little phrase in there, when he shall appear. He uses it again in verse number 2 of the next chapter, 1 John 3, 2, the Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, the problem is that a lot of people don't even believe that Jesus came the first time. Let alone that he's in heaven, let alone that he would come for his own, and then ultimately come back to the earth. He said in the next, in chapter 4 of our epistle, he talks about the fact that in verse number 3, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. So there, there are some people that do not believe that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. You say, well, who wouldn't believe that Jesus uh, has come into the world? It's a historical fact. But notice he didn't just say that Jesus has come in the flesh. He said that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. See, that puts a denominator of who this one is. It's not just the man Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. And Christ means that he was the anointed of God. Christ means that he was the Messiah. There are many people that do not believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. There are many people who do not believe that he is the anointed king of, the, of God. That he is the anointed prophet. That he is the anointed priest. And so there's many question marks in the world put upon Jesus even first coming. But I'm glad the Bible said in chapter 5 of this little book of 1 John, in verse number 20 it says, And we know that the Son of God has come. We know who has come, and we know that He was the Son of God, and we know that He is Christ. As He said in the book of the Revelation when He said, I am Alpha and Omega, I am He, I, I am He which is and which was and which is to come. He not only is... But he was and he is to come. There's a whole story yet to be told with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We believe that. You know, our text says here in 1 John, as we looked at it not long ago in chapter 2, in verse number 18, where he said, Little children, it is the last time as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. There are many people that do not believe Number one, that, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, and many do not believe that He's coming again, but there are many that do not believe Antichrist shall come. There are many that do not believe that the spirit of Antichrist is now controlling the world today, even as He says in chapter 4 of this little book, in verse 
Number three, he says, this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And we've tried to emphasize to people even here lately that what's wrong with our world, it's not just sin and humanity. What's wrong with our world is that the spirit of Antichrist has invaded our world and the devil is in charge of the world. Guys, you know, I, the, you know there's always been guns but there, I don't know if there's never ever been this many devil-possessed people with that many guns. You understand the difference? It's the spirit of the devil that's in our, our society. Many people don't acknowledge that. They, they, they don't understand how America of the 1920s or 30s or 50s or even 60s uh, to really be frank and honest with you, had the same type of uh, access to all of the, the things of today, and yet it was a different world. It was a safer world. There was no problem at school except cheating, maybe some booze drinking, and I'm not excusing that. But But the problem in society back then was not like today, but they don't want to go back to that type of society because that society, though it was a safer society, was a godlier society and a reverential society Society toward the Bible, and it was a respectful and a moral society that they do not want today, and they do not understand that the society today is a product of the spirit of Antichrist that should come. And so our world has all types of problems, but you know, we know and we believe what's going on. But here's our problem we, we can see a world controlled by the devil. And we can see the promises of the Bible. But, but I, I really believe this. We'll, I believe we'll see it this morning. I really don't think that the promise of His appearing is very real to us. I, I don't believe this. And I believe I have reason for that. Because if we really believe... In the appearing of the Lord, God says something will happen in our hearts. And these things aren't happening in most saved people's hearts. Now, the first thing I want to say about His appearing, would you go back to our little verse there that we started this morning, 1 John 2, 28. He says, And now, little children, abide in Him that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him. Is coming. Notice that his appearing is for his family. His appearing is for the little children. His appearing is for those that belong to him. Look at the very next verse, and we're not going to really get into this verse this morning. We'll maybe do that the next time. But verse number 29 If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. You see that? The appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ is for the little children. It's for those that are born of Him. Just look at the next verse in chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1, Beloved, what, or excuse me, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You see that? Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we 
shall see him as he is. So this appearing of the Lord is for the family. Do you see that in the text? It's for the little children. It's for those that are born of him. It's for the sons of God. That's very important because in theology, if you get that straight, that would, that would make you a, a premillennialist. That would make you a believer in the rapture that his appearing. It's not for the kingdom. The appearing is for the family. The appearing is not for the judgment of the world. The appearing is for the family. I'll show it to you several places in the New Testament. It's all through there. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. His appearing. And that's when we'll see him as our text that we have been reading this morning. uh, We're going to see him and we'll be like him when he appears. So his appearing is when we as the children of God, we as the sons of God, we as saved people, we see him at his appearing. Colossians chapter 3, but that appearing is for us. It's not for the world. Oh yes, one day every eye shall see him and one of these days he will return to this world. And manifest himself. And his feet will land upon the Mount of Olives. And he will, just as he promised to, he will rule and reign upon this earth. He will do that. There's no question about that. But in the first place, his appearing though, is for the family. It's for the family. Colossians chapter 3. Would you look at that? Verse number 4. When Christ, who is our life. Oh, what a phrase. Is Christ your life? Or is your life defined by something else? The definition of who I am, the definition of my life has to be Jesus. When Christ, who is our life, look at your text, shall appear, there's the phrase, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Who's he talking to? Those in verse 3, whose lives are hid with Christ in God. Those people that belong to the Lord and know him as their Savior, that appearing is for them when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. This is the great truth about his appearing. When he appears, we appear. You see that? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him. That's the great truth of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's the rapture. When He descends from heaven, it comes in the clouds, and then we're, we're caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. When He appears, we appear. But watch it. He says, where will we appear? Does it say, we shall also appear with Him on the earth? Look at your verse. He says, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. It's not an appearance for the world to see. It's an appearance in glory. It's a, it's a glorious appearance. It'll be in the glory. And it'll be for the glory. And it'll be with the glory. It's a glorious appearance. It's not an appearing of the judgment of this world. It's an appearing for the glorious uh, release of the children of God. We appear when He appears. I hope you see that in your Bible. 
It's a very distinct phrase showing us the difference of Jesus coming for us and Jesus coming with us. You've got to see the difference in that distinction to understand your Bible. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm hopping around. But get 1 Peter chapter 1 and then get uh, 2 Timothy in your other hand. You've got two. We'll use them both today. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and 1 Peter chapter 1. This is that blessed hope that's spoken about throughout the New Testament for believers. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. There it is. Of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, look at it, verse number 7. We'll see it again. 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it, might be, tri- though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see what's happening for the family. Praise and honor and glory at that appearing. Verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Well, he's talking about verse 9, about the salvation of your soul. We often use that in, in, in a different form. You know, our spirit, well, there's three parts of you. It's not just your soul. Your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved. And your body shall be saved. We're not going to preach all that. But I'm saying at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, he accomplishes the whole, whole shooting match. Every part of you, every part of you gets saved at the appearing. <laughs> What are you talking about, preacher? Oh, there's a part of us that's not saved. I mean, just look how we live sometimes. Your body is not saved. I think some of your minds are saved. All right? I didn't say you're not saved spiritually. I'm not saying you're not saved the new man on the inside. I'm saying that. I'm just saying there are parts of you, if you're born again this morning, there are parts of you that aren't saved and that aren't born of God. This is born of Adam. That's why it's going in the grave. This ain't going to heaven. But you know what God's going to do? If, if Jesus were to appear, you know what he'd do? He'd even save this. He'd save this. He'd, he's got to change it. But he's going to save this at his appearing. And there'll be praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus. And you're, in, you're in 1 Peter. Look at chapter 5. That's why when he talks about that appearing, he talks about these, these rewards that are given. It's, it's not a time of, of great destruction and disillusionment. No, this appearing that we're talking about this morning, his appearing in the clouds, this rapture of the church, this coming for, of Jesus for his own is going to be a wonderful, glorious event. Amen. He said in 1 Peter chapter 5, look at it with me. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4, And when the chief shepherd shall, what's the word? appear, ye shall receive a what? A crown of glory that faith not away. Can't you see how that's different from when Jesus comes again to this earth? When Jesus comes again to this earth, He doesn't come out to give crowns. He comes to stomp on people. 
Armageddon is the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. Every eye sees Him when He comes down here in judgment upon the earth and the blood's up to the horse's bridle and Armageddon takes place. It's not this glorious and honor of giving out the crowns and giving out the... What did, what did Paul say in 2, Peter, in 2 Timothy chapter 4? I told you to turn. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteous which the Lord... The righteous judge will give me at that day, and not unto me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. appearing. In other words, I'm, I'm expecting him to come get me. And if I'm looking and loving that appearing, there's a crown just like that mentioned right there in 1 Peter about the crown. This is a glorious time. And what I'm trying to say, it's a time for the family. Amen. Little children. When He shall appear, little children, for you to have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'll give it to you one more time before we move on. 2 Timothy chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 1, it's a great doctrinal verse to help understand the separation of what's going on at the coming of Jesus Christ. He says, 2 Timothy 4, 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick. Now read that all through your Bible and you'll understand that's a, a, a word that's associated with living people, people that are alive. Who shall judge the quick and the dead, watch it, at his appearing and his kingdom. So his appearing and his kingdom aren't the same thing. Neither is the quick and the dead. You know, there's a, a lie told out there that God's just going to put everybody in a big pile and judge them at the same time. You know, that's not true. God's going to judge the quick and He's going to judge the dead and they're separated. They're two different events. He's going to judge the quick at His appearing. He's going to judge the dead at His kingdom. You say, how do you know that? Because there are two resurrections. They're not just one. The Bible says, blessed are those who have part in that first resurrection. Upon whom whom that that second death hath no power. You you don't want to have a part in that second judgment. You you want to be in that crowd that gets to stand before the Lord at the appearing. You don't want to be there at the kingdom. And so he says for the family. You're in the family. You're born of God. Take heart. You've got something else to look forward to besides looking for the Antichrist. You get to look for the Christ. You see the difference? Guys, if it wasn't that way, then the New Testament would just warn us over and over again about the dangers of the coming Antichrist and the peril of it. But that's not what's written to New Testament Christians. What's written to New Testament Christians is we're delivered. That day's not going to overtake us. Why? Because I'm going to be gone. Because I'm going to see Him in the clouds. He's going to appear for me. There's another great truth there. There's no way the church could go through tribulation. If they could, then you could lose your salvation. I said you could lose your salvation. I do not believe that, 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 that a saved person in, in the church age could lose their salvation. No, 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 sir. We're kept by the power of God until that day of redemption. But mind you, mind you, the people that are living in the tribulation period, it doesn't matter who they are. If they take the mark of the beast, they're damned. There is nothing I can do as a child of God to be damned. 
You can't, you can't square that. You can't put that in the same basket. We'll be gone. Amen. He said what I really want to get to this morning in our text. His appearing is for the family. But would you go back to 1 John chapter 2? And I think we really need this today. 1 John chapter 2. And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear. What's the purpose of the doctrine of the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it so that we can be smarter than the rest of the world about future events? No. What's the purpose of it? That when he shall appear, we may have confidence I think the appearing, his appearing, is not only for the family. His appearing should give us confidence. Confidence. You know what a lot of people like today? They lack confidence. You know why they lack confidence? Because they don't find it from God. How can you be confident in a society in which you live? How can you be, how can you be confident with your government? How can, can, you, can you be confident... With weirdos and wackos that are everywhere out there. How can you be confident with that? How can you be confident in a society that changes seemingly every 60 days on what they believe or what is right or what is wrong? How can you be confident in such a world with war raging and violence? How can there be any confidence when people are quitting God every day and you thought you knew somebody and then they just leave and then they change and their whole world is gone? How can we have confidence in a day of apostasy when when sin abounds in ways that that as as a young person I could never even dream of? How can you be confident in a day when the spirit of Antichrist is so prevalent? How is it possible? How is it possible to be confident with the problems of life that you face? The Bible says... That when he shall appear, we may have confidence. Confidence. I'm not worried about the devil getting me. I'm convinced that Jesus is going to come get me. I'm not worried about the, how the destruction of society will ruin my life when my confidence is built in seeing my Savior. The only thing that's going to destroy my heart is to think that, he, that I don't have his smile. That I'm not ready for that appearing. That's the only thing that would cause me to lose confidence. But he wants me to have confidence. You know, some people have even used the truth of the rapture of the church to try to scare people. I, I don't really know if that works. Maybe it works. I don't, I don't really think it probably does. I think somebody needs to see their sin before they really probably want to get saved. If it's really going to be real, if you're not saved here this morning, you need to see you're a sinner. You're guilty. Had nothing to do to try to scare somebody. It has to do with the fact that you're a sinner and you can't change that and you're going to meet God about your sin, you see. 
And you need to come to Him based upon the only means by which He'll give you forgiveness. And that's faith in the blood of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on that cross for you and, and, the, and the resurrection uh, for your justification. That's the only thing that can merit that. But the, the appearing of the Lord was never used as a tool to cause people, to scare people to death. The appearing of the Lord was supposed to be a tool to give people confidence. It doesn't matter who is on the throne of the world. There's somebody bigger coming than the one that's on the throne of the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter how many trips I have to make to the graveyard. Because one day the appearing of the Lord is going to change all of those stories. Ought to give me confidence. But people don't have confidence because they don't believe He's coming. They have no, they have no, they have no trust that he, that he will appear like he, like he said he was. They have their ear tuned to those mockers that said, "Hey, everything's continuing as it has since the beginning of the creation." He says, "Confidence." Do you have confidence today? If you're born again, if you know you're a child of God, you should have confidence no matter what's going on in this world, and you ought to have confidence in meeting Jesus. You ought to have confidence when you meet him that things will be well. Looking forward to it. But you know, everybody doesn't have that confidence. That's even a child of God. Would you look at your verse again? Because there's another truth about the appearing. His appearings for his family, his appearing should give us confidence. But the Bible says in verse 28, Now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be what does it say? Ashamed. Before him at his coming. You see, the only way that we can have confidence at meeting Jesus is if we're abiding in him. Look at the verse again. Now, little children, abide in him. That's the phrase. Abide in him. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. In other words, if you're not abiding in him, you know what I'm glad he didn't say? He did not say, abide in him and if you don't, you will be lost at his coming. He didn't say that. He said, abide in him and if you don't, you will be ashamed. Before him and his coming. You'll still be there. You'll still see him. You're, you're still saved. But boy, the shame on your face. Because your life's not about him. Because though you're born of God, you, you're not abiding in him. You, you're not fellowshipping with him. And so if you saw him today, there would be shame. There, look, there's only one, one or two ways to meet the Lord. If you're saving here this morning, if, if, and He appears today, and, and you see Him today, you will either have confidence or you will have shame. And the difference is, are you abiding in Him? Is your life a constant fellowship and pleasure with Jesus? Because if you're not pleasing Him, and in your... If your life is not right, when you meet him, you're going to be ashamed, guys. I don't want to meet him that way. Matter of fact, if I were you, and this is what I try to do, 
I try to keep such short accounts with God that every day if he were to appear, I'd be okay with it. Can you imagine some Christians, if Jesus were to appear, what they're going to meet him doing? Or what they're going to meet him having said or not said? Or what kind of life? You say, preacher, I don't even know that I'm going to be there. Hey, we can fix that today. We can fix that. You can trust Christ. Just like the ladies got up and saying, God's got a book. You get your name there, you appear. When he appears, you appear. But you that know your name is there, Will you have confidence or are you going to be ashamed? And the only, only, only thing is, you say, well, I, we've, all, we've all done bad things. We've all disappointed God. But some of us want to go daily and continually abide in Him and keep short accounts with Him. Lord, I'm sorry I disappointed you today. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry my heart would. I'm sorry today I didn't live as though you are my life. I'm sorry I ignored you today, Lord, and I didn't talk to you. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, that I committed this sin, I, and, I, and I, want that, I want that cleansed because I, I know if, if I see you today, it's like that little boy. I'm, you know, when I'd get in trouble and, and Dad'd be at work, you know, and he'd worked over in Huntsville and we lived in Decatur, and, and I'd get in trouble, and Mom said, uh, she said, all right, I'm going to let your dad take care of you. Boy, that was the worst day in the world. I just sit there. When's dad coming home? Is he home yet? Did he drive up? You see, what now? I love my dad. Jump in his arms, get to see him, hug his neck. But when I knew I did something heinous, I wasn't so excited to see him. Don't you want to take care of that before he appears? Don't you want to start living your life abiding in Jesus before he appears? Is the first thing you will have to do when you see Jesus Christ, if he appears today, was tell him that you're sorry? Is that, is that, is that, is that? I mean, the first, first time you get to see Jesus, it's going to, Cry and say, oh, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Is that, the really, is that the way you want to see him? How do you want to see him? You don't want to be ashamed. He talks about that Laodicean church, and he says, you know, you say you're rich and increased with goods, and you don't even know your own problem. You're, you're miserable and you're blind and you're naked because you're not cold and you're not hot. You're just lukewarm. Your life isn't about Jesus. It's not wrapped up in God. You're not in love with the Lord. You know what he says? He says you need to anoint your eye with eye salve and you need to buy you some raiment that the shame of your nakedness doesn't appear. You know what's this, what's you know what people ought to be ashamed about? They ought to be ashamed about being naked. <laughs> Little children, abide in Him. Abide in Him. We don't want you to be ashamed. Make your life about Jesus, not about you. Make your life about Jesus, not about sin. Abide in Him. That we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. 
I'm not finished. His appearing is for the family. His appearing should give us confidence, but his appearing will make some ashamed. And then look at chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I can't wait to get there to embellish that little phrase. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now watch your Bible. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. You know how we appear now is not how we will be at His appearing. What a blessing this appearing is because you know how I appear now? What you see now is not what you're going to see later. If you are a child of God, if you are, uh, if you are, are saved by the grace of God, how you appear now, I don't care how good of a Christian you're trying to be, you're going to appear to be something else later. A whole lot better than you appear now. Oh, we're the sons of God right now, but it doesn't always appear that we look that way. Can you see that in the text? Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But he says, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. That means until he appears, there's going to be some things lacking about me being like him. There is something about this appearing that makes us like Him. Right now, what you see, what we see, it's not what we'll be. There's about, there, even about the weakest child of God, there's going to be something so beautiful that is not yet seen. There's going to be something so sinless. You know, if, if we're really good at it, we can pick and find faults in one another because we're all sinners. But the thing is, if you're a child of God, what you're seeing now, you're not going to see it as a period. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear... We shall be like Him. I'll be just like Him. Oh, what a change is going to come at the appearing. When I see Him as He is, I'll be like Him. I'll be changed. He says that over and over again. Uh, he said that in the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, as we, have, as we have borne the image of the earthy, so we shall bear the image of the heavenly. One day I'm going to have a heavenly image I bear. And I won't just look like an earthling. I'll look like somebody that belongs in heaven. I will have a different image stamped. Stamp thine own image deep in my heart. But one day it will be all over me, you see. He says that we're for every child of God. It doesn't matter how big of a failure the child of God is. Every child of God, the Bible said, been predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. It doth not appear what we shall be. I think some people think that right now is the best them they'll ever be. That ain't true. Boy, there's coming a day 
that as the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, a conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body. He'll change our bodies. Uh, when we see him, as soon as I see him, my body gets changed. Praise the Lord. As soon as I see him, everything in my heart's not right gets changed. My mind gets changed. Some people, for the first time in their life, they'll be saying, because their mind will be just like Jesus. They never, they never think those thoughts anymore. Beautiful bodies, sinless bodies, all at His appearing. We shall be changed. He said in our text, but here's the truth, verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You see, here's the great truth. Though the Lord will change you if you're saved at the rapture, he'll change you and make you just like him. Every day, if you really believe he's going to appear, you will be trying your best to let God purify your heart so that little by little you're changing on your journey to the big change. That's why I said this morning, most people do not believe Jesus is coming. They do not believe in his appearing. I stood in a Bible conference and told a bunch of Bible-believing Baptists, and it was, on, it was on the end times. And I told them, I said, I don't believe half of you people believe Jesus is coming. Because this book says, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Even as he is pure. We only believe in Jesus appearing for us and coming for us if we are purifying our lives. And we live in the dirtiest, the day of the dirtiest bunch of Christians ever was. I don't believe Jesus is going to appear today. So my question, do you believe he's coming? What did you purify today? You believe he might appear before you get home today? You believe we're going to be caught up together with him in the clouds? You believe we're going to appear with him in glory when he appears? You believe that? What have you purified this week? If you've not, if I've not, I don't believe that. Believe not something you write down. Believe something that makes a difference in your heart. Every man that hath this hope in him. Purified himself, even as he is pure. That hope, his appearing will cause us to see him as he is. He tells us in that verse number two, he says, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I tell you what, if Jesus is this good with me not seeing him, Can you imagine seeing him as he is? They said, when he was floating up into heaven, amen, in Acts chapter 1, the angel said, this same Jesus 
This same Jesus taken up from you will come in like manner as you see him going to heaven. It's the same Jesus. Peter's going to be the same Jesus you've walked with, the same Jesus you've taught with, the same Jesus you saw transfigured on that mount, the same Jesus that rose the dead, the same Jesus that preached. It's the same Jesus. And I tell you what, I've read about Him and I've tried to think about Him and I've tried to love Him whom having not seen you love and I've tried to look at His characteristics and He seems like the greatest friend and He seems like the greatest Savior and He's the most wonderful Lord and I can't imagine anything greater than Jesus but I've not even seen Him as He is. But when I see Him as He is And I get to touch the one who touched the blinded eyes. And I get to hear the voice that rose from from the dead. See him as he is. What a day that will be. Oh, that will be glory for me. When by his grace I shall look on his face, that will be glory. Because whatever I know about him now, when I see him as he is, it's going to be so far greater than anything I've ever dreamed. So question. You believe in his appearing? You purifying yourself? Are you abiding in him?